okay, the mind work and then the body work and then the energetic work and the spiritual work. And it's like, but why can't we just go one place and learn all of it and then learn how they play together? And that's really like, for us, the aggregation of tools has been the breakthrough. A boss babe is unapologetically ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise. Keep going and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own vision of success. Welcome to the Boss Babe Podcast, the place where we share with you the real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance, and learning how to balance it all. I'm Danielle Canty, your co-host and founder of Boss Babe here with you today. So I'm actually joined on this episode. It's not just me, it's Natalie, and we interviewed two amazing women, Alexi Panos and Christine Hassler. And honestly, you guys, this episode is a little bit different. It's raw, it's real, because I actually got coached, and one moment I was nearly in tears, um, then I nearly had a coughing fit, but don't worry, we spared your eardrums and clipped most of that part, but it was really, really raw, and it's really important for us to do these episodes because we want you to really see the real behind the scenes of what it takes to build a business, and you know, on the social media, it's all the highlight reel, there's the snippets, but the podcast is the place where we really dive in, and we were diving into the emotional sides of building a business, and not only the skills, like a lot of people think, oh, you have to build these skills to build a business, but actually it's really about how to master your emotions, your mindset and communication. Like for me, that's one of the biggest parts that really helps you get success in it. So we were just like chatting about all those things and the work that we all have to do. And you'll hear some really raw sides from me particularly in this episode. And it was just so amazing. I'm really excited for you to hear from two incredible coaches. Like Alexi is a master leadership embodiment coach and she's been named on like Forbes and Inc's list as like one of the top entrepreneurs that's changing the world. And we had Christine on who not only has 16 years experience as a master coach and facilitator, which is also the author of three best-selling books. Uh, most recently, Expectation Hangover, Free Yourself from Your Past, but also Change Your Present and Get What You Really Want. And these women are so, so knowledgeable. And I think it's really important. Someone said this to me, like, really beware about where you're consuming your knowledge from. And for me, I always look for the experts. I always look for the people who have been where I want to go or the people who have become masters in what they're talking about. And I just want that to, like, you guys to think about that. That's why we're always very selective about the guests that we have on and we curate the information that we're giving you very, very carefully. And I'm really excited for you to dive into this episode and see what comes up for you and see maybe some of the areas that you want to work on that are going to help you progress that next chapter in your life, the next stage. So I hope you love this episode. I think it's going to be really real and raw and you're going to have so many takeaways. And when you do, please share them with myself at Danielle Canty, share them at bossbabe.inc, share them with Natalie, I am Natalie, and you're going to hear Alexi and Christine's handles as well. But without you know holding you guys up anymore, let's really dive into this. Alexi, Christine, welcome to the Boss Babe podcast. Thank, Thank you. you. We have a lot of work to do on this podcast. We're going <laughs> to go deep. No pressure. <laughs> but I wanted to hear from both of you how you got into the industry and the work that you're in. Alexi, let's start with you. Yeah. So I got into this industry out of my own personal need to heal. I was introduced very young. My mother was a psychotherapist, so she had books strewn about the house. Went to my first Tony Robbins seminar at 16. Wow. Did my first landmark full curriculum from basically 18 to 21 and just really fell in love with the work and the possibility that came from it. 
However, the deep work really didn't start until my mid-20s when I recognized that I had a lot of trauma I hadn't dealt with. And I was utilizing personal development as almost um, almost like this surface level, like I'm doing okay. Everything's great. I'm successful in my life. I'm crushing it. So I'm just going to ignore all this stuff back here in the closet. And it wasn't until I started recognizing that I was really cut off from my emotional life and from people, like I, there was just this resonance that was missing from my life that I was like, I need to try something else because it's working here. I'm making money. I'm successful. Got all the things, but it's not working here. And if I'm deeply unhappy, is is that actually working in my life? And so I recognized that there was more to this personal development world than what I knew. And so I started just going out and hunting down the top experts in their fields with somatics trauma work, all sorts of energetic stuff, neuro-linguistic programming, brain science, and just like diving in and saying, hey, I want to feel fully expressed. I want to feel free as a human. How do I do that? And so selfishly, that's how I got into the work. (laughs) I love that story. And it really comes through how long you've been doing it too, Mm -hmm. how deep you've went into this. And And it's one of those industries I feel like you cannot teach from a place that you haven't been. Yes. And so I I love that. Christine, what about you? Oh my gosh. Where do I start? So I was a super overachiever, very ambitious from a young age to compensate for massive insecurity. I just thought no one liked me. I didn't belong. I was teased. I was a late bloomer. So I just became a doer. I was addicted to doing. And so I moved out to Hollywood at 20 to go work in the entertainment industry because it's the perfect place for really insecure people with something to prove to go (laughs) and work. And I worked my way up and I was an agent by the time I was 24. And I had this amazing life. And I I still wasn't happy. I'd been on antidepressants since I was 11 years old and suffered a lot from depression, a lot from anxiety, but no one would ever know. I was one of those people that could put on a mask and put on a facade and look like I had it all figured out from the outside. But the inside... It was it was like a duck on water. You know, I looked smooth, but underneath it, it was just a tornado. And I kept reaching these levels of success. I remember one time on New Year's Eve, I was at a small dinner party, and I was sitting right next to George Clooney. And he casual, was, I know, I know, <laughs> <No big deal. laughs> yes. And I may have kissed him at midnight, but that's for a different podcast. I got that. Oh, I got that story in the hot tub, by the way, and I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> Anyway, go on. So you're coming back on the podcast. Come back on the podcast to talk about celebrities I've kissed. But (laughs) I I remember sitting next to him going, whoa, I'm sitting next to freaking George Clooney in a ball gown on New Year's Eve and I'm still miserable. Mm. Like something's really wrong with me. Like what is it going to take for me to be happy? And that really started a journey of moving the things away that weren't doing it for me. So I ended up quitting my job. But then I just got more depressed because my job was my whole identity. And once Mm -hmm. I took that away, and then my fiance broke up with me six months before our wedding. It wasn't George. And (laughs) then I got really sick and I had estrangement from my family. Like things just kept going wrong. And I remember going to see my first coach, Mona, who a friend had recommended to me. And she lived in the Valley. And when you live in LA, like you don't go to the Valley unless (laughs) it's something really important. So I went to the Valley to her house. I thought it was so unprofessional. She answered the door in sweatpants. It's like, what kind of counselor are you? You know, I was used to therapists and psychiatrists. And and she sat me down on her son's race car bunk bed. And she just looked at me. And it was the first time in my life, a professional looked at me like I wasn't broken. She just Mm -hmm. sat there and just loved me. 
And I felt not judged and I felt not broken. And I told her my story and she's like, baby, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. You're just confused about some things. And I felt seen and I felt heard. And my work with her really started my journey in coaching and in really understanding personal development and spiritual development. I had been seen shrink since I was 11. I could psychoanalyze myself to death. But the problem with analysis is it doesn't change things. If awareness was enough, we'd all be great. You know, we'd have an aha moment and our lives would change if only it was that easy. So I started seeing her, started getting different results in my life. And I wrote my first book called 20 Something, 20 Everything about the core life crisis in our 20s and what we as women go through in our 20s. And from that, people just would call me up and ask me to coach them. And I wasn't a coach at the time, but more and more people kept asking me. And I went to Mona and said, hey, this is what people are saying. She said, yeah, that's your gift. That's what you're here to do. I was like, I am? It's like, yeah, that's it. And that's how it began. So it wasn't ever planned, but it, same with Alexi, it came from my own, my own crisis, my own healing, my own need, like my craving for like, what is going to actually help me? What is going to actually be the thing that makes me feel like I'm making progress? Because again, I knew so much, but nothing was shifting. Mm. Do you know what I'm finding really fascinating listening to both of your stories is that you were like aware of mental health from such young ages, whether it was like, okay, Alexa, your mom's psychotherapist, I can appreciate that. But even like seeing like mental health specialists from a young age, I don't know if it was a UK thing or not, but no one was talking to me about mental health. Like I didn't even know this work existed wow. until I was literally in my 20s. Yeah. Had no idea. Yeah. Like I literally heard like, oh yeah, take antidepressants. Yeah. And like maybe if you're really, really sick, you can be on a really long waiting list with the NHS to get to like a counselor. But no, no one was talking about the work. No one was talking about yeah. like really mental health. There was either like you're really, really suffering mentally or you're okay and you just yeah. stiff up a bullet, get on with it. Yeah. So I'm like curious as to like how, like you guys, like what your outlook on mental health was from an early age. Was this something like, oh, like just like my body, I look after my mental health or like what was your mindset? For me, it was a ton of shame. Mm-hmm. And I think there's still a lot of shame around mental health. So for me, being diagnosed with depression and being put on drugs was something I felt so ashamed about. And so I kept so secretive. You were 11, right? I was 11. And when I would go to the, the shrink and I'd have to excuse my absence, I would have my mom white out the kind of MD I was seeing. Wow. Because I didn't want the mom who was volunteering in the office at the mm-hmm. attendance to like tell anyone that I was seeing a shrink. So for me growing up, it was, there was just so much shame. If I like went to a friend's house, I'd, I'd hide my pills. I would never bring the bottle with me when I first started dating guys, like I was on them from 11 till 29. So it's a big chunk of my life. And so one one of the many reasons I'm so passionate about the work that we do is to take a lot of the shame and stigma around mental health because no one's ashamed if they get a cold, you know, no one's ashamed if they break a leg, maybe a little bit, but like it's it's a normal thing. It's like, Ooh, you suffer from depression. You have anxiety. You're on meds. You're bipolar. Like it's like, (gasps) You know, and I think we're we're growing out of that in a lot of ways, but there's still so much stigma and so much shame around it. Yeah, I'll, I'll actually co-sign that. For me, because my introduction was to really like the per- personal development world, the Tony Robbins, the success, the strategies, the goals, it was very masculine focused. And it was very much about like, get over it. Like, it's no big deal. Your mindset will get you over this hump in your life. And so I think for a lot of my journey in this work, it was stuff it back. It's not okay. And so 
I didn't work with my own shame. I didn't work with my own guilt around the things I'd done and the things that were done to me until I got over the fact that like, that's where the real healing is. And there's nothing wrong with that. Most people suffer trauma. And for me, it was like, I don't have trauma. Everything's fine. You know, everything's perfect. Everything's fine. And I think especially as women, Mm -hmm. we're taught to put on a pretty face and and get through it because we don't want to be seen as complainers and whiners. And I very much took that masculine role in my life. And again, the mental health part of it, that shame and guilt that a lot of us do suffer with, I didn't look at that until my mid-20s. Yeah. I really relate to so much of what you both said because growing up for me in my childhood, I had so much trauma And I developed so much shame around it because we were told, you know, this stays behind closed doors. That's right. We don't talk about this when we go outside. We don't let anyone know what's going on. And so that's the way I grew up. And I remember going to university and people talking about their families and me feeling so ashamed to share anything about my childhood or, you know, the fact that I moved out of home when I was 13. I didn't want anyone to know. And so I'd lie to cover it up. And it was only when I started to firstly accept that it was my story and it doesn't mean anything bad about me. In fact, it makes me stronger. Yeah. It was only when I got to that place that I even thought about doing the work because Mm -hmm. until then I didn't want to sit in a room with a therapist and, you know, tell them my problems. I would get put in a room with therapists and I would tell them everything's fine Mm because of the shame work. And it's so much deeper than the mind. Yes. Why, why is it? What so much of this comes from shame. Mm Mm-hmm. So much comes from shame. And that's why we've built what we've built. Mm -hmm. And the work that we do is built around this more integrative approach to what it means to be human. Because for so long, the mental health world has just focused on mental health, Mm -hmm. the mind, which is great. And it's such a huge part of who we are, but it's not everything. Mm -hmm. In fact, the body, the somatic part of us, soma means body, so it's the somatic part of us, accounts for so much of our healing. It is our expression in the world. Mm -hmm. What lives in the body is how we express in the world. What comes through the body is how we perceive it in the mind. So our starting point from everything we do is the body informs reality. Mm -hmm. And so without including the body, without including energetics, you're missing this massive portion. It's like the iceberg, right? You're missing all this stuff underneath because you're just looking at what's up here. Mindset, mind, mind, mind. Let's treat it. Let's talk about it Mm -hmm. versus let's feel it. Let's experience. Let's bring it out of the body. Look at it and then do the work around it. And one of the things that shame does is it it helps repress the emotions. Mm -hmm. So most of us as kids didn't have safe emotional expression. We were told to be a good girl or good boy or don't cry or shake it off or you're too loud or you're upsetting mother or whatever it may be. And so all our trauma, and if we can define trauma as too much, too fast, too soon, yeah. people think tra- they, they don't have trauma if they weren't abused or they weren't in a super chaotic alcoholic family. You can have trauma from moving. You can have yeah. trauma from one thing somebody said to you at the swimming pool. You can have trauma from just growing up in a house where your parents didn't get along. There's, there's so many d- kinds of trauma mm-hmm. and pretty much everybody has some, like pretty much. And when, when we experience it in that moment, we can't get out the natural emotions that go along with it because there's, there's kind of feelings we create. Like we oftentimes create the feeling of anxiety. If I think about something I don't have control over, I think about something in the future, it can produce anxiety. But when trauma happens, we have natural physiological reactions. Like if I got really embarrassed right now, I turn red. 
right? Mm. So we have these natural physiological reactions that are emotions, energy and motion. But because we freeze in trauma mm. so much, the emotion just gets stuck and it, it just builds and the body is where it's stored. Yeah. And so oftentimes what shame does, that kind of embarrassment, is it keeps us from talking about it because we're so afraid if we expose it, then everything that we've stored up, everything that's been held in the body is going to come out. And then the other fear we have, and a lot of this is subconscious, meaning we're not totally aware of it. The other fear we have is that if we talk about it, then we're going to relive it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in our work and in our program, like we teach how you heal trauma without reliving it. Because that's where a lot of people get stuck. They avoid, avoid, avoid. Yeah. They're like, I don't want to open that can of worms. I don't want to go back there. But you can go back there without reliving it mm-hmm. and pull those pieces because we get fractured. It's like pieces of us get left in the past in our trauma. And so, so much of the healing work is bringing those back. But you you have to connect to the body because if we just rely on the mind, we're only accessing 5% of what we're capable of remembering. And what really surprised me to learn was how trauma stuck in the body can cause illness and oh, things yeah. like that. Oh, absolutely. And my scientific mind for the longest time would tell me this stuff wasn't true. And like, that's the really personal share for me. But I always, I was going through a lot of hormonal issues and I would go and see doctors and on paper, they'd point out all the things that were wrong and low and all the issues and how much trouble I'd have getting pregnant and all the things. And Alexi, I remember when I did that weekend of work with you and Preston and I had, had not had my period in years. Yeah. And I remember we did the work. It was, was it a Friday to a Sunday? It was Friday to a Sunday. Yeah. And I texted you on a Monday and I yes. said, Alexi, I just got my period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that. Yeah. And I was so happy for you. Yeah. Because you had release. And yep. it was, it was a weekend yeah. of somatic work. That's yeah. right. And it was crazy what that brought up where things I wasn't even thinking of, things I wasn't aware of. And that Monday, because I I'd read the books, I'd listened to the podcast. Yeah. I was like, sure, yeah, 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 no, it makes sense. <laughs> sure. And I'm gonna keep on my hormonal healing plan. And so I woke up that Monday and I got my period. And that for me, it landed. Yeah. I needed the physical evidence yeah. to sit to be able to say, okay, this work thing, this this actually works. It does work. It does. <laughs> but that's that's a really good point that we can dive into because that was part of my journey for so long too. I'm such a heady person that I was reading all the books and studying from my mind, which is from my ego, right? If we're honest. And I was just absorbing, consuming more and more and more and more and more, which in a way created a level of safety for my ego, created a level of safety for my trauma. But until I actually did the embodiment work, the somatic work, the Mm -hmm. deep, crazy, guttural work, which Mm -hmm. you know and got to experience, there was no release happening. So it was like, you know, it's if you've got a pot and it's boiling up and you've got the the top on, you know, a little bit of steam comes out here and there with some knowledge, but you got to take that top off. You got to turn the temperature down. You got to do all these things to regulate the water. And that's what we're doing is re-regulating yeah. our nervous system. And when you do that, spontaneous healing happens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's what we hear about. And people like us are like, come on, you're <laughs> right, bullshit, right? Come on. But when you get your body in the work, that's when everything changes. And I think there's a lot of people now who are reading and listening and consuming, and they're getting inspired by the work, Mm -hmm. but they're not actually doing and practicing and taking the work into their own lives and doing the deep guttural stuff 
And then they're leading people down that path. And that's one of the reasons why we started Elementum because we're like, we need to train coaches. Like, <laughs> yeah, how to deal with their own trauma first. Yeah. <laughs> and then, because yeah. this is going to get real messy and real unsafe yeah. if it's not done well. And I just want to give an example of kind of what, how somatic can look because it can look like the guttural kicking pillows and screaming and like getting your rage out. And it can also just look like really paying attention to where we feel things in the body. Yeah. So I was working with a client last night and we were talking about some of the abuse she experienced in a relationship. And she was talking, talking, talking. All of a sudden, my chest started feeling really tight. And I said, just stop for a second. What are you feeling in your body? And she said, my chest feels really, really tight. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, take a breath and just go into that. Drop your awareness into that tightness. And if that tightness could speak or if it wanted to make a sound, what would it say? And she started to, to speak and she started to say, I'm so angry. There's still things I want to say to him. I'm like, great, do it, get that out. Yeah. And she just let, she just voiced it. She got into her anger and her tone dropped and we kept paying attention to what was happening in her chest. And after she did that for a while, first came the anger, then came the tears. We checked back in. She's like, oh, the weight's gone off my chest. Yeah. Like I can breathe again. So it's, it's using the body. The body's a messenger. The body remembers everything. I mean, I'm sure you've heard the book, The Body Keeps the Score, which mm-hmm. is a great book. So the subconscious mind, you know, the stuff below the iceberg, the water level of the, the iceberg we can't see, the subconscious mind communicates with the body. So if we're just paying attention to the cues, it can be in an illness, it can be in not getting a period, or it can just be a sensation. And when we go into that, there's just so much wisdom in that. And we get so much farther when we use the body than when we just talk about what happened. This is so fascinating. And I also just like... I think I'm in a unique perspective because I've actually never done any somatic work. So I'm listening to this going, oh, this is so curious. And I'm just also thinking about people listening who haven't perhaps explored this much. But I just want to bring us back to the word trauma. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because like you guys are utilizing that in ways that like traditionally trauma is not used for. You know, oh, I've been in a traumatic car accident. Or right. I've been in these big events. Yeah. But my understanding is like traumas can be like small things too. For sure. And it's like, how do you, what is a trauma? What's not a trauma? What is just an experience? Is a challenge that you overcome? Like, what is the definition of that and how we expect our bodies experience that and our mind experiences that? So it's defined in multiple ways. What Christine said is what we like to say a lot, too fast, too soon, right? Mm-hmm. Too much, too fast, too soon. However, another way to look at it is that the event in and of itself isn't traumatic. It's your nervous system. Okay. So if your nervous system goes, oh, I'm not safe, mm-hmm. and it activates Got it. the fight, flight, freeze, or appease to become safe, then that's a traumatic response in the body. So okay. it's really how your body responds, your nervous system responds, that denotes a traumatic event. Because I think that relieves a lot of people from feeling like, well, hang on a minute, this isn't trauma in what normal trauma, like normal trauma right. looks like. Well, that right. was a really horrific event, but I did feel these things. And yeah. I think really like just going back to the whole loop around the shame thing, sometimes those things can be smaller to others than they are to you. But yep. it's like you say, listening to your nervous system. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I went into sympathetic nervous system or yeah. that fight and flight in that moment. So yeah. you're saying that when you experience those things, you go into that fight and flight um, system, that your body locks onto that unless it does. Is there a way to like not have trauma in the moment? Yes. And that's what we teach. There is, there is. But the issue is, and like Christine kind of alluded to, 
most of us grew up in households where it was not okay to feel. It was not okay to emote. It was not okay to release and express. I got sent to my room. Like, don't <laughs> yeah. cry, go to your room. Yeah, exactly. you talk about that a lot. Oh, it, yeah. And we I were shamed my parents it. to death, but I really do feel like that was like <laughs> not the best way. But, but, and most but they, of had, us. they don't know how to no. deal with their trauma. So how could they handle yours? Like, and that, and that's, not show emotion then. I was like, oh, go yeah. to my room, go and deal with it on your own. Don't ask for help. Yes. Come out when you're ready to say sorry. Mm-hmm. And so not only did you have the traumatic event that happened, but now you have your caregivers mm-hmm. saying, hey, you should feel ashamed of how you're being right yeah. now. Right. And so then you alone. stack your trauma. Yeah. And so then mm-hmm. your body goes, oh, not safe. And then it starts looking for mm-hmm. not safe. Yeah. Right? And you live I mean, in hypervigilance. Hypervigilant, which mm-hmm. basically means your trauma response is stuck on the on position. Mm-hmm. And then you're going through life like this, hypervigilant, mm-hmm. looking for attack. And so a lot of people, you know, we also coach people in business and all the other things. How come I can't make the money I want to make? Well, It's your body. Again, our starting point is your body. Your body is your filter for the world. And if your body's stuck in hypervigilance, you're looking for what's going to go wrong. You're Mm -hmm. looking for the attacks on your business versus looking at possibility versus calming your nervous system and saying, hey, I'm available. I'm available to receive. Mm -hmm. I'm available to express. And so, so much can change when we learn to actually be safe in our bodies and release what's coming up. That's a lot of the work we do and we teach our coaches how you can release trauma from the past now in a safe way, but also a mechanism for doing it in the future when it happens because life is going to life. And as long as we live life, we're going to keep having uh, opportunities to release our trauma. Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world-class coaches no matter where you are. If you haven't explored Masterclass yet, go to masterclass.com slash boss babe and scroll through some of the categories. I think you'll really love what you see. One of the latest classes I tuned into was Anna Winter's class on creativity and leadership. She takes you into her office as Vogue's editor-in-chief and it was so inspiring to learn about her leadership style, team culture, and how she encourages creativity in her team. Not only does Masterclass have tangible business development classes that you can watch at your desk or listen to on the go, but it also includes classes in 10 other categories ranging from food, home and lifestyle, music, wellness, design and so much more. There are over 200 classes to choose from with new classes added every month. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Plus, Every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash boss babe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash boss babe, masterclass.com slash boss babe. Let's take a quick pause to talk about my new favorite all-in-one platform, Kajabi. You know I've been singing their praises lately because they have helped our business run so much smoother and with way less complexity, which I love. Not to mention our team couldn't be happier because now everything is in one place. So it makes collecting data, creating pages, collecting payment, all the things so much simpler. One of our mottos at Boss Babe is simplify to amplify and Kajabi has really helped us do that this year. So of course I needed to share it here with you. It's the perfect time of year to do a bit of spring cleaning in your business, you know? Get rid of the complexity and instead really focus on getting organized and making things as smooth as possible. I definitely recommend Kajabi to all of my clients and students. So if you're listening and haven't checked out Kajabi yet, 
now is the perfect time to do so because they are offering Boss Babe listeners a 30-day free trial. Go to kajabi.com slash boss babe to claim your 30-day free trial. That's kajabi.com slash boss babe. So speaking of that like on button being on, one thing that you notice, people notice, we notice, is there are some people that repeat their trauma yes. over and over. And I'm saying people, we all have done it. <laughs> yes. And we we see it all the time. And we maybe have been in a situation and then we get into another situation that's the exact same. And we go into, why is this happening to me again? Why do I always attract this? Why is it always the same? Mm-hmm. Does that have something to do with that light being on and looking for it? Like how how do we end up in the situations where we attract the same things over mm-hmm. and over? Maybe it's a business failure and we're losing it over and over and over again. Or it's a dysfunctional relationship where there's infidelity over and over again, mm-hmm. or a, it can be anything, I guess. Mm-hmm. There's a few reasons. So a lot of times when we're playing out our trauma over and over again, we're looking for what we didn't get that we really needed when it happened in people that remind us of the people that didn't give it to us when it happened. Ooh. So let me, yeah. let me say that again. That yeah. Say that again. <laughs> say that because that's so important. <laughs> I don't know if I can with my pregnant brain, but let me give an example and okay. then I'll say it again if I need to. So let's say that you grew up with an abusive dad. Okay. Maybe it was verbally abusive. Maybe it was physically abusive. Maybe it was an alcoholic, whatever. That's very traumatic because you didn't feel seen. You didn't feel safe. You didn't feel loved. You felt like we personalize things as children so much. So if a parent doesn't love us, doesn't make us feel safe, doesn't validate us, we truly think something's wrong with us. So here I am, a little girl just wanting daddy to love me and make me feel safe. So that's an unresolved wound that I'm growing up with. And so subconsciously, I'm always trying to heal that. And my my subconscious mind is like, okay, I'm only going to heal that with someone that reminds me of dad. So I'm still, I have this void inside of me, this daddy void inside of me. So I'm going to be looking for men who are like dad, who maybe are abusive or emotionally unavailable or whatever it is. It's not that I'm a glutton for punishment and I want to re-experience the trauma. It's that there's a part of me that's looking for what I didn't get then, now, but I'm going to look for someone like my dad. Mm-hmm. Makes sense so far? Yes. So then we date abusive guy and we're re-experiencing the trauma. Then we feel so much shame. Then we feel so much guilt where our adult self can go, I can see this as a red flag. But as my coach Mona used to say, we time travel so much, meaning I can be 32 knowing consciously this guy's a red flag, but the eight-year-old in me who wants daddy's love and approval thinks this guy's a lot like dad. So she's going to go for it. And Mm -hmm. she's actually the one making the decision. So that's one of the reasons we play it out is because we keep looking to the familiar, trying to get what we didn't get. And it's a dead end, but we don't know consciously what we're doing. So that's why the awareness and the trauma work is so important because we can break that cycle by giving ourselves what we didn't get then. Now, is that because the familiarity is also like safe? We yes. have safety as well. Totally. Like what is familiar is safe? Yes. Yeah. Even if it doesn't work. Yeah. We know it. Because you know that doesn't, you know what you're getting. It's like the devil we know is better than the devil we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And the entelechy of the human soul, if we go spiritual for a moment, is to evolve and is to heal. Yeah. So we keep attracting situations in our life to push our buttons, (laughs) to bring the trauma right here, to bring the unresolved issues to the forefront, because like we do want to heal. We do want to grow in consciousness. And oftentimes the only way we can do that is have a similar triggering event or traumatic event happen and heal it and respond to it differently so we can break the cycle and break the loop. 
Because again, all this is going on on the subconscious level. We're so not aware of it. And again, back to like, we keep talking about the body. That's why we're so like body, subconscious, like bring <laughs> bring it up so that we have awareness and we can start you know, really breaking patterns that we're just stuck in. So let's say, let's just go back to this like daddy issue yeah, <laughs> for yeah. a moment, right? So let's say like, I'm looking for this father figure. I'm picking the familiar, which has already been toxic for me over here. And it's it's toxic over here. But like, what has my body got to do with that? Hmm. So see if you can put yourself in the shoes of that little girl. Okay. Okay. My, by the way, my dad was amazing. So, okay. have so this is not you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So if you did have a father okay. who was maybe absent or wasn't mm-hmm. present or mm-hmm. didn't give you the validation or love you needed, how would you feel as an eight-year-old girl? Hang on. Should we do the, should we do the go into the room one? Maybe that's easier for me to put myself in my shoes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, so what do you feel like is a pattern that shows up for you quite a bit that is an ineffective pattern in your life? Doing things like myself. Like that's, oh, I, I'll just, like, I'm not very good at sharing my emotions when I'm in them. Like mm. it's very much like I have to go away and then okay. I'll analyze my emotions, deal with them and then come back with them like laid out in a neat pattern. Okay. So how <laughs> does that affect your current reality? In a way that is not working for you. Um, I feel like I store a lot in my body for uh-huh. sure. Like I've been feeling very like tense and stressed and it's because I feel like I bottle a lot versus yeah. like letting it flow in the moment. Like mm-hmm. I'll like want to say all these things and be in like this feeling of emotion, but I'll like, no, don't mm-hmm. let that out. Like go away and deal with this. Yeah. And we've heard point. because what you shared in the yeah. past, your family was like, hey, go to your room. Yeah. Those aren't welcome right now. Yeah. Okay. So where do you feel it most in your body? Definitely like my chest for sure. Like here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and I get like, ugh, here. So, ugh. okay. Yeah. So for those who are listening and not seeing, <laughs> describe that feeling. Yeah. Um, like kind of just like a tightness. Like I want to mm-hmm. like roll my shoulders in. Just kind of like feeling really tight in my chest. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of like, kind of shrinking, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. like that hunching over. Yeah. If you're listening to it, you should go and watch our YouTube channel right now. <laughs> I'm just plugging that during mid therapy session. <laughs> okay. So if, if that shrinking could make a sound or say something what would it say to you like it's like yeah. a weird like moaning type of noise yeah, i would think like, ugh. Mm-hmm. It's like sludgy sludgy yeah okay so if we were to give that feeling a face and that face was to have a conversation with you what's something that that feeling would say Oh, interesting. Like if I picture that, it would be like my, like literally stuck as a seven-year-old, like just like crying, like red eye, mm-hmm. just like, uh-huh. you know, like that really like just like crunched a ball. Like I would literally like lie on my bed and like cry in a ball. Uh-huh. So probably like that. Okay. Do you suffer from back problems and back pain or any of that or constriction here in your shoulders? Like what do you tend to feel in your body as an ongoing perpetual pattern? Mm, probably just like tightness in my, I don't really suffer from lower back issues, but definitely like t- I've always suffered from tightness in my upper back for yeah. sure. Because we're, we're and holding. I'm, and if I'm plagued with any illness, it's always throat and respiratory. Yeah. Like never anything else. Always Interesting. that. So this is part one. So, right. So mm-hmm. as we're kind of diagnosing the issue, the mm-hmm. somatic collapse. And what we say is if, if it exists up here, it constricts in the body. Uh-huh. If it exists, it constricts. Okay. So now we know where the constriction is. So now somatically, there's a range of places we could take you, right? We'd have to move the microphone. And yeah. Do, yeah. <laughs> do, we'll do that afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But, but truthfully, mm-hmm. it's about opening and expressing, opening and expressing. Mm-hmm. So for somebody that 
has a hard time expressing, which I relate to a lot. That's a lot of my history. My history For me, it was dance. It was how do I open my chest up in full expression? And music was a really safe place for yeah. me to do that. I did music and dance. Mm-hmm. So that's that was your I outlet. I don't do that as an adult, which uh-huh. is interesting. So now I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's why. Yes. And also what's just coming through for me, for like those who are listening, like I've never, this isn't the type of work that I've done before. I've done like a lot of therapy, but different mm-hmm. modalities. But it's very interesting when you asked me to like tap into that, how easy that was. Like, yep. oh, like I had this like vision of myself, like it yeah. just popped in my mind. Yeah, right. It's like when you ask those questions, you're like, oh, actually this is natural. Like when you were describing this, I'm like, this is kind of weird. Like, how am I going to do this? <laughs> yeah. like, then I'm like, oh, actually I intuitively knew. Yeah. Right. Well, you subconsciously knew. Yes, yeah. right? subconsciously knew. Then right. the body is the gateway between the, the subconscious, the inner child and the body. And another thing we work a lot with in Elementum is the inner child. Yeah, mm-hmm. which so, would yeah. be great for you. Yeah. But, okay, I'm going to sign up. Because that little girl, but that there's a little girl. And that's the yeah. thing. There's a little person in all of us yeah. that is yearning for safety, mm-hmm. yearning for approval, yeah. yearning to know that we matter in this world. We're loved. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. most of us didn't get it in the way that we needed it. So that in and of itself is a trauma. And so our egos then build up and bolster up this amazing stature to say, I can do it. I'm okay. I don't need help. I've got this, whatever our saying is. And then we go out in the world and we basically ignore this little human in us. It's like, but I just want love. Mm -hmm. And so we're choosing, like Christine was saying, from this little girl, it's like, that person reminds me of dad. Maybe I can yeah. fix dad. Mm-hmm. And finally get love. Right. And for you, that independent thing, like doing things on your own. Yeah. Hard to sure. receive, hard to receive support, yeah. all that type of stuff. It's the it's the strategy that you've adopted mm-hmm. to protect yourself. Yeah. Because it's what you thought you had to do. But the longing of the little girl is for support. Yeah. And trust. Like, can I trust the person that's supposed to love me to yeah. be there for me, to show up for me, to hold me? Yeah. Like, have you ever truly felt held in your life? No, I think no. And I think that's definitely one of like the biggest healings that I have now. Like obviously everyone who listens to this knows I'm going through a divorce. Right. My relationship with Natalie has probably been one of the most healing things. She's probably the one person that I trust the most uh-huh. to carry me with things. Like she's carried the weight when I've not been able to. And that's been a very interesting feeling for me. I never yes. had that in my relationship. Interesting. I would always carry my own weight. And I've always carried my own weight throughout my whole childhood. Yeah. Like I've been like very much I do it on my own. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Just go off and do things. Very independent. Yeah. But independent to the point where like you can start feeling like you need somewhere to relax and you need yeah. somewhere to go. Like like you say, to be held. Yeah. Also, what's really interesting to me, like just talking about this is, you know, my scientific background as like a chiropractor, like it's very, it's funny how the mind and the body, we're not healing that together all the time. Because if you mm-hmm. think of medication, mm-hmm. so that's treating the body, but we know about the placebo effect. So we know in the biomedical model, we call it. So when you're just treating the body, like they forget about the head, right? So Mm -hmm. you don't have cancer treatment and then also get therapy at that same time to help heal. And the same with like mental health. So now I'm like, oh, it makes sense that you would do this together. It kind of makes sense that you would do the mental side with the body, the physical side. Yeah. So And then there's an energetic component too. Mm. And that's what in our own journeys, which is why we came together like, five plus years ago. And we're like, we need to build this thing because we were finding it in all these separate places. Having to piecemeal it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, the mind work and then the body work and then the energetic work and the spiritual work. And it's like, but why can't we just go one place and learn all of it and then learn how they play together? Mm -hmm. And that's really like, 
for us, the aggregation of tools has been the breakthrough. It's like, okay, they don't live alone. They Mm -hmm. definitely play together because all of that plays together with the body. Why are we separating these? And most people, most coaches are learning one modality or niching down and while that's great, it unfortunately is creating somebody that can only take their client as far as they've gone themselves. And so we really need to to widen the breadth of tools and show coaches, train coaches to be the embodiment of how to work them together and be able to go wherever the client needs to go. Well, speaking of that, so just witnessing that process and witnessing you going deep, which was incredible, you, I really got to see Firstly, just how vulnerable that practice is. But secondly, you know, very much worries me that someone untrained would be doing this work because I feel like you're taking people to a deep place and you're you're unraveling things. What if you can't support that full circle and you open a circle, you open a loop and you can't close it? That's right. And when I see parts of the coaching industry like that, where you see coaches that are perhaps teaching things they aren't trained to be teaching and going places they perhaps shouldn't be going worries me. Yeah. It really rightfully so. <laughs> yeah. Rightfully so. And I and I do want to I want us to call that out and maybe have a conversation about it because I think there are areas of the coaching industry that need to change. Yeah. Otherwise it's going to end up getting a, a bad rep for all the wrong reasons. It's kind of like you can't teach someone how to make $50 million if you've not made $50 million before. Like yeah. you can't teach people how to heal this if you've not healed your own, right? Yeah. Well, or if you're not trained in it, right? So mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to have gone mm-hmm. through the exact thing you've gone okay. through, but I need to have worked with enough people and have that practice embodied mm-hmm. to know that I can take you where you need to go. Yeah. Like I've done some, like quite a lot of somatic healing work, which has been amazing for me. I wouldn't know where to fucking start helping someone else go through that. <laughs> I might have done my own, but I not, not in any world would yeah. I feel safe facilitating that for someone else. So it's so so different, right? Well, yeah. it's unique that you say that because a lot of people become coaches because they think the opposite. Totally. They oh, think, really? oh, yeah. oh yeah. They, they, they think that <laughs> I've had this transformative experience and now I want to like heal the world because I've mm. had this aha moment or mm. I, you know, left my shitty job and now I'm doing what I love or I, you know, healed this illness, now I'm going to help others. And while that can be the inspiration, mm-hmm. it's just the inspiration. Right. It can't be what you build your business on. And I'm lucky. I've had many coaches. And then when I got my master's degree at USM. And you know, I had amazing teachers that have kept me humble and mm-hmm. called me out Yes, <laughs> and have been like, you're not ready to do that. Stick yeah. to that. You're over in your ego here. Like, you really have called me forward. And made me be my own best client first. And I still, I've been coaching since 2004 and it's rarer and rarer. But if I ever, if someone ever comes to me and I'm like, this is something I'm not trained and I am so quick to refer them out. Right. And so I think with, with coaches, because it's an unregulated business, you know, with, with therapists, it's a regulated business. There's certain hours you have to get and coaches, anybody, you could, everybody in this room could be a coach today. Right. There's no regulation. And that can be really, really dangerous because the thing that we see in the industry as well is that there's sort of this guru celebrity thing with mm-hmm. coaches as well. And people can be really good marketers, right? but not that great at doing the work with people. So that's why in Elementum, we put our coaches through a very rigorous, oh, yeah. <laughs> very supervised <laughs> process. So we know our grads can, can take people where they need to go. And they also know when they get into a, a 
place with a person where they're like, uh, how to regulate the person, how to bring them out. Because like you said, a lot of coaches will lead a client down a path of trauma and not know what the fuck to do. And then leave them there. And leave them there. That's concerning. It's It's so concerning. It's so, and then think that they had a great breakthrough session Uh, because the person had all this emotion. It's like- But you can re-traumatize somebody. Absolutely. You can absolutely re-traumatize someone. Just having emotion and getting it out, like just catharsis can be dangerous. Mm -hmm. We need to know how to really- do somatic work and emotional release work in a healthy way and then know how to bring the person back to present, regulate their nervous system, move them into forgiveness. There's a whole process. So our coaches know when they get into an area where it's like a little like, ooh, this is kind of going off the rails. They know how to bring the person back, regulate their nervous system, bring them back to safety. And then they have a built-in support program where they can really get support. So we're trying Mm -hmm. to eliminate a lot of the things in the coaching industry that we've seen of people not being prepared, people not knowing what to do, people taking their clients where they they shouldn't be taking them and people being great marketers, but not super great coaches. Why is this coaching and not therapy? It's a great question. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, you know, we we have a lot of experience with therapy yes. and therapy is great and it has its place. However, coaching is more about finding finding an in finding that story, right? Mm-hmm. Working with that specifically, finding a modality that's going to support you, Danielle, to to work that out, to release that tension and constriction in the body. And then we want to move forward. We don't want to keep talking about the time that your parents did X, Y, and Z and what it meant and da-da-da. Therapy t- tends to stay up here mm-hmm. and we want to use this Use the body, use the energetics, use the spiritual aspects of the human. And we want to say, okay, let's work together and let's release this so we can move on, right? And that's what coaching is really about is finding a way to move on, be productive and live in the possibility of our lives while being honest and authentic about what's shown up in the past. And we often have more tools to pull from unless therapists go out and do their own additional training. They're sort of limited, sort of like MDs. Yeah. Unless they go out and learn about functional medicine and nutrition and Mind body, mind body kind of stuff. I mean, I, I don't know if you've experienced this, but going through a pregnancy, I've been so shocked at how much OBs don't know. Oh, I'm like, yeah. I'm like <laughs> what? You're just trained on pathology, yeah. right? And so there's, we can have a, a bigger toolbox. Since I separated my ex, like just over 12 months ago, I've had four throat infections. Uh-huh. And mm. I never get issues. It's not COVID. I test COVID a million times. Yeah. Like, well, I don't make if I've got mold in my place. Like, why do I keep getting sick? Mm-hmm. But I had pneumonia when I was 17 too. And like I was saying to you, I, only, I don't really get sicknesses. I've never like, wasn't really a sickness bug type person, but mm-hmm. I get respiratory issues. I don't have asthma or anything like that, but I'm just like, oh, it's so curious. Yeah. Like now I've literally been all day not coughing. Yeah. yeah. Usually that way with me. And then I'm like, wait, I need to cough and I can't even hold this back. Yeah, <laughs> listener, just so you know, we had to take a five minute break. Danielle was really coughing. Yeah, yeah spluttering, my eyes watering. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? It can seem like coincidence or it could actually be that something's moving in your body because yeah. you, you spoke to it. Yeah. You allowed it. Yeah. You said, hey, it's okay to be here, mm-hmm. seven-year-old girl. It's okay. I see you mm. constriction and, and I'm going to allow you. I'm not going to ignore yeah. you anymore. It got super hot when you were talking to me as well. That's common too. That's I was very like, common. oh my God, I'm so, I'm like really hot again now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're that's what it's so getting really hot, sweating, coughing is a big thing. Yeah. Some people get dizzy. Some people start shaking. 
Some people throw up. Yeah. We've yes. had we always have trash bags at all our, yeah. all our events. <laughs> Some or people s- pass out. Like yeah. there's a lot of body response. Yeah. Because okay. the body's I'm finally really like, okay, I'm releasing. Yeah. And a lot of times if we have that freeze response, the coughing, you know, and the, like the getting air again is is part of the mm. healing process because so much yeah. gets cut off yeah. this year. It's been such an interesting year for me because I'm really trying to use my voice again, like learning and yeah. asking for help and leaning on things. Which are doing so, really well. Yeah, and I, do, I mean, you probably really witnessed the change in me. I'm so yeah. different to where I it's used amazing. to be. But yeah, like I literally keep... And if, I always see getting sick as a weakness too. So I have so much shame around uh, like... Well, another way having, to get support. Like sometimes our our, our body will, yeah. will make us really sick. So we have to ask for help. Yes, right. so interesting. Okay, so I want to... The program that you're doing, is it just for coaches or can people like me do it? Who people like, like Tony, yeah. like, <laughs> you guys. Can we close the loop? Yeah. People can totally do it if you're just into really deep personal development work, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. yes, but it's really deep. So we have had students that have no interest in coaching come through it and they're like, that was the most incredible life-changing year of my life. Mm-hmm. And Yes, if you've got space for that and you really want to take that on, absolutely. And then you can always utilize the tools in your business coaching and yeah. and in anything. Do I you mean, get a certificate? Is it a certification? You do, yes. 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 yes so I could always use a certified practitioner if I didn't you want to totally could. go through the thing too. Yep. Well, oh. speaking of that, what what do you, should we look for in a coach if someone is wanting to work with a coach? What or what kind of things should they look for? Certifications? qualifications i mean i can i tell you how many people ask me my certifications like zero maybe yeah. on a podcast <laughs> interview, but very few people same with my gpa in college and i worked so hard for that damn thing. Right. it's not so much about certification training's important okay yeah. i think really looking at the the training and i'd want to know this is another difference between coaching and therapy as coaches we can share a lot more about our personal lives yeah. right and i really okay. love that because i lo- really love to build rapport with with people and and help them know, like, I've been where you've been in, in my own way, right? And so really looking for a coach that is living the life that you aspire to, and maybe doesn't have to go through the exact same thing, but has been through some things that can really relate to you. But it's, it's often like dating. You've got to kind of date a bunch of different coaches and see how you feel. But the most important thing is to feel really safe with the coach, mm-hmm. but also pulled forward. Right. Yeah. So there are some coaches that just make you feel so loved and so safe and you just, it's so yummy, but you're not really going anywhere because they let you keep living your bullshit. Yeah. You know, they don't really call you out. <laughs> yeah. So you want that that love and that non-judgment because love isn't just nicey-nicey. We're really talking about non-judgment. You want a safe space where you're not judged, but where you really feel like someone has the tools and the knowledge to kind of see through some of the stuff and have you look at things a different way and say, you know, okay, this is where we need to call you forward or interrupts you when you're in a story and brings you into a body. So you want to feel like they're doing more than just listening. Yeah. That they're actively working with you. That's the other thing too. I think you have to really get honest about what you want. I I think so many people show up for coaching and they're like, I want the big life and I want the money and I want the relationship and the family. And it's like, okay, great. Let's go all the way back here and work through clearing out all the shit that's in the way. Yeah. Right? And they're like, it's like what? I didn't want that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> some people don't want to do it. They don't no, want to do the work. That's true. And so, so again, there are those kind of surface level coaches that'll just help you goal set and Mindset. work on habits and systems and all of that. And that's great. But if you know that you've got recurring patterns showing up that 
are keeping you small and holding you back. Maybe it's time to just get a, just a little bit more courageous and find somebody who can hold your hand through that process. And so if that is the case, I would ask specifically about trauma-informed care. And that's what we train our coaches in. Okay. Are you informed to work with trauma? Not certified to work, but informed. Can you hold my hand through it? Do you know how to take me in and out of loops if I get stuck in them? That is so important, especially if you know you've got a heavy past or a lot of emotional or body somatic constrictions mm-hmm. to work through. So, okay. So then let's talk about your program because I'm super intrigued. And before we had this conversation, you both said we can take $1,000 off mm-hmm. for yes. anyone listening to this. So mm-hmm. that's great. I'm so grateful that you're doing that. Can you explain a bit about the process? Like what, for some people that have never experienced the work, you kind of hear the work as the most mysterious thing ever. Like, is this a box I'm going to go sit in? What are they going to do to me? Like, can we talk about like what it is? What are they going to be doing? What kind of processes? How long? You know, what can we expect? We can expect so much. So let's see, where do we want to start? We'll start with why we decided to build the model that we built and why four of us come because it's, it's myself, Alexi, and then our husband. So Preston Smiles and my husband, Steph Spandos. And cumulatively, we have close to 60 years of experience of like different modalities. And we didn't want to build a guru model. We didn't want yeah. the model to be based on any of us. Right. We really wanted it to be a comprehensive training program that can live on without us that brings, as we were saying earlier, everything together because we all had to piecemeal Mm -hmm. and have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on learning everything we've learned and studying with the people we're studying. Between the four of us, we've studied with some amazing people. So just bringing that all together and bringing it into the best of the best because when you're training to be a coach, it can be so overwhelming. You're like, do I study inner child? Do I study NLP? Do I study trauma? And we just narrow it all down and say, okay, this is the body of work that will make you, as Preston would say, a weapon of a coach. Yeah, right. That will make you a really integrated, embodied coach where you can really take people anywhere that they need to go. And the essence of the program is you are your own best client going through it. So you're doing your personal development. You're learning the tools by using them on yourself, but then you're also having the opportunity to coach other people. So we're blending the personal development, you being mm-hmm. coached, doing your own work, having your stuff come up, learning the curriculum through that way, with also coaching other people, having to do your homework, having to be a student of the work too. Mm-hmm. And so you're really getting the training as a professional, but you're you're learning it firsthand, which is part of our ethos. It's like, yeah. if you don't embody it, if you haven't lived it, if you haven't experienced the tools, please don't go use it on somebody else. Yeah. And I'll just add to that, like, you did a great job of condensing so much into <laughs> this little soundbite. Again, it's tools. It's tool heavy. So we go into a lot of the different modalities that we had to search far and wide mm-hmm. to study and train in. So we go deep into trauma. We've got a few modules on trauma from an overview to childhood and developmental trauma to working with trauma and releasing trauma. We go through NLP. We go through energetics like breathwork and sound. We go through internal family systems, inner child work. I mean, you name it. If it exists, somatics, we have a deep practice in somatics. If it exists- Sexuality. Sexuality, Mm -hmm. money, because so many coaches have so much- around money. And it's like, so we talk about all of these things so that you can really work with a whole human that shows up and have a beautiful relationship where they feel held. And it's like, wow, my coach can actually take me here and then take me here and then work on my relationship and then work on my money and work on this. And it's like, this is the kind of relationship that we want 
mm-hmm. our coaches out in the world to be developing with their clients. We want clients to feel like the coaching industry has them in a way that their therapist alone couldn't or their coach in the past couldn't. We really want people to feel like, wow, they can take me wherever I need to go. And one of the other things that's different is we have faculty as well. Yeah. So meaning that like in order to get a certification, you're you're supervised by someone because a lot of coaches go through certification programs. They're kind of just supervised by their peers. It's like, yeah, you did great because it's really hard for people to give <laughs> other people good yeah. feedback. We have a whole system where people evaluate each other and then they have both a TA and a faculty member that's also there for support and to really hold their hand and, and be there, but but is also supervising them. So if they they need to do, do better with a certain tool or we see a coach getting really stuck or we see a coach sitting in imposter syndrome or being too assertive or whatever it is, we have those conversations. So that's the, the students are evaluated. That's another reason we feel yeah. so confident with our certification program because we have people we've trained that are supervising them so that we know when we're certifying an elementum coach, this person really is ready to do the work that we say they can do. Yeah. And how long is the program itself and what kind of time commitment every single week are we looking at? It's nine months and it depends on the person. So most students say they spend about eight to 10 hours a week. Okay. On the yeah. program. So it's a real there's commitment. weeks off though. Yeah. Lots you're, of integration. You're, learning, you're practicing, you're integrating what yeah. you're learning. Exactly. Oh, integration is a huge part. We actually do what we call immersion calls where they're actually getting on and coaching other students in front of the entire community and in front of us. (laughs) And so we're then giving feedback. So it's just so immersive. The whole thing is about embodiment, 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 which only comes through practice. And if you're not practicing over and over and over again, it's just a concept. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think it's so, so important. And for those listening who want to be coaches and we'll share the link as well. But I also want to talk to those people who are maybe not wanting to be coaches, but like me, like, okay, how do I experience this as well? Do you think having a coach is something that everyone should do? I mean, I love it. I will never not have one. <laughs> Same. <laughs> That's the other thing I was going to say. Like, I love to ask my coaches, who are your coaches? Yeah. Because if my coach is like, I don't have a coach, I'm like, you're not my coach. Yeah. Because to me, a coach is always working on bettering their best, right? So I personally love coaches. I have people who hold me in my relationship, people who hold me in my business vision, people who hold me in my family. So it's, I'm a yes to coaching all day long. I believe in it. Me too. Because it works. Like my my life is a result and it works. I think that brings us like full circle to where we started. Like what is the work? Like that's the work. Always understanding like that growth mindset. How yeah. can I be better than yeah. I was yesterday? That's it. And whatever thing I or form I am. That's it. And And to answer that question, the work is, it's wherever you need to go as an individual in the moment that you're feeling constricted. So if you're feeling blocked in your money, if you're feeling blocked in your mindset, if you're feeling blocked in your sexuality or your expression, the work is going to take shape based on who you're working with, right? So if you're working with Christine or myself, we're going to have a certain set of tools to bring to you or to you, right? You came and did a weekend with Preston and I. We have a certain very strategic set of tools set up in a very strategic order to work with our clients. So it can look a million different ways. But the truth is, if you're feeling ready, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, something's sparking, like I'm curious, just say yes. Honestly, the, the biggest first step for me was getting over the fact that I... I had to look perfect and I had to have my life together. And oh my God, there's so much shame around getting help. The minute I got over that, my life began because I could just get honest about where I was and go, okay, there's work to do. And that's great. And we had a lot of like 
coaches that had thriving businesses to Elementum. Yeah. And we love that. We love their humility and we love their growth mindset. And they really came not being know-it-alls. And they were like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I did this because there's so much I didn't learn in this certification or there's so many ways that I grew my business. So it's for people that are interested. It's for people that want to start coaching. And it's definitely for existing coaches as well. Yeah. It's for people who want mastery. Yeah. Whether you want to be a masterful coach or you want to be a masterful human, like these are tools that I think everybody should have. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody. And it's hearing you say like, I'll never be without a coach. It really goes to to say the work never stops. You don't just do the work, close the book and you're mm-hmm. like, okay. We're done here. We're done. done and complete. <laughs> definitely gets easier. In, in what way would you say it gets um, easier? So I would say my time between when I have suffering or when I have difficult moments or when I feel really stuck in something has gotten a lot longer. Right. And the time I spent navigating and working my th- way through it has gotten a lot shorter. Yeah. And there's certain issues in my life that used to come up in the past that don't come up anymore. And that's how you know the work is working, is yeah. you're changing. Mm-hmm. The way you relate to things has changed. The same thing could happen in your life, but you relate and respond to it completely differently. And things in your external life are changing because our outer experience is reflecting our inner reality, whatever that is. So life is great feedback for where we are. And so I, the work that I do now is so much easier than the work I was doing in my 20s, where I was like mm-hmm. crying and hitting pillows all the time <laughs> and like deep, dark stuff. And like in my 30s, when repressed sexual trauma came up, I was like, oh my God. And I, I wouldn't say it's like that heavy anymore. It's mm-hmm. more the fine tuning. It's more the, how do I become even more in love with my life and myself and optimize my human experience? And also Lexi and I are both, I think you two are too. We're nerds. We love to learn. We love yeah. to grow. And as we know, the intelligence of the human being is to evolve and is to, is to grow. And so I always want to be learning from people who know more than I do. And that's part of the work too, is just being a student. Yeah. Yeah. And I can really testify to this work, like really working as well. Obviously I've worked with you and Preston Mm -hmm. before, Alexi and Preston, really testify to it, but I've done many things. And some things I will say is, you know, I've, I've been to multiple weekend retreats and I've done deep dives. And for me, there was this stumbling bolt block in my relationship that I couldn't get past. And it was this thing I kept repeating in all of my relationships. Mm And I had such a defeatist mindset towards it of like, I'm doing all the work. I've had enough <laughs> pillows. I've cried. Like I've looked at where it came from and it's just not shifting, but I didn't give up. And I was able to release that with my husband last year. And we went and did more work together. And I was, I kind of put it out of my mind. It's like, I'm never going to get over this thing. It's just going to sit there. And we went and we did it and getting through that, it's mm. just freeing. And, yeah. it, and what it's done for me, the doing this work has given me permission to be more myself. Mm, It was never about, uh, you know, creating new parts of myself or anything, but so much of growing up, I repressed certain parts of myself or made myself wrong for it or second guessed. But doing the work has opened me up to be more myself. And the way that shows up in the business is I'm unapologetic about what I want and what I don't want. And I've created the business of my dreams, the life of my dreams, because I'm willing to claim what I want and I feel like I deserve it now. Whereas if I think back to where I've been and situations I've put myself in, when I didn't truly believe I deserved it for so many reasons, whether it was deserved the relationship or the money or the business or the friendship, I never had it. Yeah, exactly. 
And I see that so often. And I just want to shout from the rooftop, like, you guys, this shit works. And I can't, <laughs> I can't help you because I don't know how to teach it. But You're like, I'm not the one, but there's people out there. Me, but there's people out there. There are resources out yeah. there. It really does work. It does. Yeah. And you said something that I think is so so true for my own journey too, is the work, it doesn't help you be like this superhuman being. It helps you be yourself. Yeah, And like, that's what we teach in Elementum is emergence. It's like, how can we get the truest, most highest expressed version of you to emerge? Mm -hmm. And that's our work. Mm-hmm. Coaches are just the farmers and we're we're working the environment. So the seed, the blueprint that you already are can come and emerge into your fullest and highest expression. Mm-hmm. And for me, the work is that. It's like, mm-hmm. you get to be yourself. Yeah, You have one life yeah. because no matter what shows up, you get to be you. Yeah, Like what a gift. And I think it's also like important that people can know that their life can change. Like just oh, because yeah. you've had Absolutely. that mindset all this time, just because you've been on antidepressants. No matter because, what your age is. Yeah, no oh, matter yeah. what your age, things yeah. can change. That's right. And I think just really empowering people to take ownership that they have a choice, whether they want their mind to work this way or another way. That's right. Like it, it really is in your power and you get to like, explore that like for me I'm like oh do you know what like I want to let go of this and like mm-hmm. it's like really refreshing and empowering to be like I actually get I actually can make a decision yeah. to work on this yep. or not That's and I right. think when you give people that feeling of ownership and empowerment like I mean I've worked with therapists before that energy emotion is just what's the energy in motion That's and right. I think yep. for me that was a really great reminder that this, these feelings come and go and you get to choose to navigate them. And like you say, arm yourself with tools. You've said that word a lot today, like yeah. those tools that you can use. Yeah. And it's often where a lot of people quit is like, and I've heard this is true in labor as well, Lexi would be able to tell us, <laughs> is, is like right when it gets the hardest yes. part and you think you can't do it, yes. that's right when the breakthrough comes. And that's mm, why a true. lot of people quit the work. It's like, it's not working. It's not working. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, you're so close. Just yeah. like, you got to get through this. Re- the, the hardest part is right before the breakthrough. So for anybody listening, that's like, oh, I've been trying to deal with this thing for five years or 10 years. Please don't put a timeline on your healing, first yeah. of all, because you there's no backtracking. There's just deeper layers. And when, when it seems really heavy and we feel really stuck, that's when we're just about to make the breakthrough. So just keep going. Oh, that's so true. And it, it is true in birth, ladies. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. In birth, you can't, you can't tap out. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> can't tap out. But it's also so true too, because we've got, you know, 10, 20, 30 years of conditioned habitual responses. Yeah. It's not going to change overnight. Nope. It's certainly not going to change by listening to a podcast no. or reading a book. Or a five-step process. Right. You <laughs> have got to work it. You've got mm-hmm. to create a new practice. You've got to be integrating these tools and working it as much as possible, having those choice points and choosing. Mm-hmm. Right. The more we choose something different than what we've chosen for the last 10, 20 years, the more our brain creates a new neural pathway. The more our body says, oh, this is possible. The more our energetics go, this feels good. How do I create more of this? So it's also practice. Like give yourself Mm -hmm. the grace and also know that it's going to be a practice and love the practice because Mm -hmm. the more you practice, the more you become the fullest expression of yourself. And I'm wondering, as we start to bring this to a close, whether either of you have a story of a client or maybe it's yourself and anyone that you've seen maybe been in a very dark place where they felt like, I'm never going to be able to get through this. This is my life now. Maybe I'm on medication for the rest of my life or I'm depressed for the rest of my life or I'm in a re- this relationship or no relationship for the rest of my life and it's never going to get better because things happen to me and I can't get through them. Do you have any stories of being able to bring someone to the other side and what they've been able to create? 
so many. I yeah. You're like, what <laughs> do like, I begin? There's so many. Like thousands. Yeah. So I'll just make it easy and share mine. I mean, I, you know, I never thought I could get off medication. And I really thought something was fundamentally wrong with me. There's a, there's a lot more to that story than we have time to go into. But the, the, the being diagnosed with a label at such a young age, I really thought mm-hmm. I had a life sentence. Mm-hmm. And I just really thought I was not going to be one of those people that could be happy and could like enjoy life or any of those things. And so for me, it took me about three or four years to get off antidepressants. And I'm not here to say they're wrong or bad. I'm just sharing my experience with them. And through the help of Mona and through my my graduate program and through all these tools that we teach, and especially through the somatic emotional release work, so much of depression is repression, I was able to get off of them and have stayed off of them for more than a decade. And I never once since being off of them have felt depressed. Yeah, I have my moments and I feel sad and I'm human, but I never once have gone, ooh, maybe I need to be back on them. Mm. And that for me was such a turning point because what it was not just about getting off the medication. It was about healing that very limiting belief that something's fundamentally wrong with me and I'm broken. And I just have to accept the fact that I'm broken. And being able to heal that belief opened up so much for me. It was like, I could make friends because when you Mm. think you're broken, hard to make friends, hard to make money, hard to keep relationships, keep manifesting because I had so many other health issues because of the story I was broken. Mm. My life started to really change because it was like, I'm just me. I'm just Christine. I'm not broken anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was the the thing that turned my life into a totally different direction. Oh, I love that so much. And I and I really feel that that's given some people hope that are listening who are listening to this and they're like, yeah, that's great for you. And for me, it's not going to work. I, yeah. I, I love hearing stories like that. So where can everyone find out more about the program and start to figure out if it's going to be a fit for them? Yeah, elementumcoachinginstitute.com. For that special link, we're going to go Oh, let's do bossbabe.com forward slash Elementum and we right. can give them okay. that info because yeah. we're going to do $1,000 off. Correct. With okay. Boss Babe as the promo With code. no space, Boss right? Babe. No space. Okay. okay. Boss Babe as the promo code, no space. And it's $1,000 off the tuition. Yes. Correct. Okay. Amazing. Yes. So it's a nine month program. It's about eight to 10 hours a week. Per week. It I is rigorous it. and you will leave a changed individual. Well, and you will have soul family as well. Oh, the community the that develops is incredible. And, and do you stay part of that community? Yes, we have for our grads. We have a quarterly Q and A call with them. Oh, okay. And we keep a Facebook page open, and we're all and our grads are always welcome to come into the content again. Mm-hmm. So as we update it, as we grow, our grads have lifetime wow. access to it. And I will just say, from my own personal experience, I think when you invest in yourself, like that's when you get the biggest multipliers oh, out yeah. of all oh, the investments yeah. I've made. Whenever I've like invested in myself, that's when I've reaped the most reward. Oh, I'll agree with that. Sure. And I, I think for me personally, it's because the minute I put money down on myself, I'm subliminally saying mm-hmm. you're worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I believe in you. You are worth this investment. Yeah, mm-hmm. And you honestly have to spend, I would say 10 times more <laughs> than the price of this <laughs> yeah. program to get access to everything that yeah. we're teaching you in this program. So it, it, it again, like it's such a investment in yourself, but also it's going to save so many people so much time. I also think it's a windy, mysterious road for someone to be like, where do I find the work? Where do I go find it? Well, and it was for us. (laughs) It was like, okay, where do I go next? And thank God we had mentors and teachers who helped guide us and kind of shelter us to the next location. I I was flying all over the world learning. (laughs) Same. Going to studying with people. Same. And so this is the program we wish we had. Yeah. I love it. And where can everyone find you both individually on social podcast. I'm just Christine Hassler. 
super original. Yeah, Alexi Panos. <laughs> We're going to put all the links as well in the show. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. Oh, I also will say if, if people want to hear a little bit of how we do the work, obviously we all have our unique styles, but my podcast over at Non With It, I coach people live on the air. Amazing. So that's a good way to kind of see how some of these tools work. Ooh, so I can like spy in on a coaching session. <laughs> yes, I'm on it. <laughs> I love it. Thank you both Thank so you. much. This yeah. is amazing. Thank you. So Thank you for your vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's so inspiring. It really is. Wow, so you know. courageous. I know what my work is now. I know. Somatic <laughs> healing, how I come. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll play the coughing blooper now. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you subscribed and left us a review. Let us know what you enjoyed, what your main takeaways were, and who you'd like to see appear on the show. As a special thanks, we'll send you a copy of our Boss Babe 25. Now, this is an awesome resource. It's the 25 essential things that you need for personal and professional growth. We've included everything from must-have products to books to rituals. This guide literally covers it all, and I know you're going to love it. So if you want your copy, simply leave us a review and then send a screenshot of your review to podcast at bossbabe.com. 